This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Today, I want to start reading in Hebrews chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. You'll see it on the screen behind me. I'm going to start reading in verse 6. I'm going to read a few verses as we start a series today. But Hebrews chapter 4, start reading in verse 6, and you'll see it behind me, and it says this. So God's rest is there for people to enter. God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. Look at your neighbor and say, it's today. It's today. God announced through David much later in the words already quoted, today you will hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Do I get any people of God in the house today? Amen. For all who have entered into God's rest have, re- have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. Verse 11. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Today, we're starting a series called This Is Us. Now, I, I know there is a TV series called, how many would say it's amazing. Andrea is, loves this TV show. I have never watched this show. If you're a guy, maybe you haven't watched the show, but how many people have watched the show and they're passionate? Okay, this series has nothing to do with that series. People are like, it's going to be so good. It's going like, to be like a series. That's going to be like Emmy Award winning. It's not that. All I know about this show is people cry every episode. One thing I've learned about Nova Church, we don't need any more help crying in our services. Last week, one of our photography teams, like people were coming out of the, out of the service, like just crying and snot going. That's not our intent, by the way. Like, just cry every, on Facebook I saw, I cry every service. I don't need any help. Listen, I just want you to know, I don't sit at home going, let's make them cry. <laughs> but I don't know, passion makes me cry. I don't know, some people, maybe you're the same way, but our goal is not to make you cry at Nova. It's to encourage you. Uh, but somehow that happens through tears. Uh, but this series, This Is Us, uh, has nothing to do with the series, but in Hebrews chapter 4, the author three different times says, let us, and then challenges us and invites us. In Hebrews chapter 4, there's this conversation happening where he says, let us three different times and invites us on this journey. I want to let you know today, I think it's amazing that it wasn't commanding us, it wasn't telling us, it wasn't saying you have to, you must. There is this language and this relationship in Hebrews chapter 4 where it invites us along on this journey saying, hey, let us. There's something very soft, very genuine, and something inviting even in that phrase, let us. So many times as in leadership you have people that say you must or you have, and they look down. The author here is saying, hey, together, let's journey on this. And I want to let you know today that reminds me of Nova. Nova is an invitation. It's a, there's a difference. Sometimes maybe what you're used to, maybe where you've been, sometimes it's very much saying you have to, you, you should. This is, a, this is something, a duty that you must perform. I believe God, the relationship of Christ, is, a, is a, inviting us to a journey. I was talking to a great friend this week 
who relationally is going through some questions and in uh, and, and their dating life and figuring out and stuff. And I said, you know what's amazing about relationships is it's the most risk you'll ever take and the greatest reward. Because really in a relationship, in our marriage, my, my wife it doesn't have to be in this marriage. It's not a, a must. When she chooses to be with me, it's a risk. My wife or a relationship or a friendship or people that you have relationship with, they can walk away. But there's something risky about that, putting your heart on the line. But how beautiful it is when someone chooses to have friendship, community, come to church. That's why even God, God didn't make us follow him. He didn't make us mindless and choiceless and going, yeah, just robots. This is a relationship where God invites us on a journey. But please don't miss this. We have the free will to walk in the opposite direction. And God will love us, but he'll let us walk. He loves us to invite us, but will let us walk. Marriage is like that. Friendships is like that. Nova is an invitation. What's it an invitation to? Number one, to community. It really is. Of connection. And this community of connection is still being defined. It's in its infancy. I want to encourage you, there's room here for you to create connection. Create community. It's less focused on programs and more on passions. Nova will always be that way. Some of you are like, I'm waiting for more programs to start. And small groups will start, and we will have more events, and they'll be specialized. But we will never be heavy on programs. We'll be heavy on passion. There's something that happens when people want to do something. Some of you want to skate this afternoon. Some of you don't. And it won't be taking a checklist going, who wasn't there? Why? It's built on connections, built on passion. Not on commandments of making us follow. Nova is a community. Can I encourage you? Can you create community? If you're waiting for us to make a program for you to connect, you will miss the joy of an invitation to community. What's an easy way to do that? Invite someone for lunch. We planted this church in this area, and one of the strategic reasons was because of all the restaurants. You think I'm joking. It's not. I have a vision of walking into any restaurant in this park and seeing people around tables breaking bread or fajitas or cutting steak or Subway, whatever your budget allows or tastes, and enjoying community because community doesn't start and stop in this room. This is a catalyst for community, and Nova is an invitation to connection. Can I encourage you, if you're waiting for someone to connect with you, it's on you to connect with them. Invite someone to lunch, and you know what? Even pay for them. You're like, I don't make much money. That's why there's Subway. That's why there's King of Donaire, and you can buy them a slice. Come on, somebody. Just tell them you're taking them for Italian, and then take them for a slice of pizza. Can I encourage you? Create connection. The second thing, the second thing it is inviting us to, Nova Church, and I even see in this passage, it's inviting us to a journey. See, it's not, this is not a destination. That's where sometimes we get it wrong in, the, in church, is we think that Sunday morning is a landing it's a runway to land on going, I just made it to church. Oh, God, just, what a week, man. Just, if I can just get to church. We made it. Whew, check that box. Done. No, no, we don't see this as a, a, a runway to land on, but a launching pad to launch from. We don't see this as our mission. We see this as where we heal you up and fuel you up to go out into your mission on a journey to reach our city, our country, even our world. We're inviting you on this journey, but I want to let you know, no matter what lane you're in, there is space for you. Some of you are on all-in lane. You're in the carpool lane. You're on the autobahn. You're on the by-high in the left lane. Come on. You're just going 120, or like, like my kid's driving Nancy's car, 120 through the neighborhood. You're just, you're just all in. Listen, there is room for you, but some of you are like, I'm not sure. I don't want to do next steps. I don't want to load in a truck. I don't want to do anything. There is room for you in this journey. Can I let you know that? There's room in this journey. There's room for you. No matter what lane you're in, 
There's room for your face, community, and your pace on this journey. There's an invitation to face and to the right pace. This is a place for you. Let us do this together. Hebrews chapter 4 is talking about, as we start this series, this is us. It really is an invitation to a journey of faith. I want to go through these, and we're going to unpack these three over the next couple weeks. And I believe it's going to help us. There are things the author is trying to tell us, inspired by God, to help us grow in our faith. Because sometimes we need to be inspired, but sometimes, sometimes we need to be instructed. And I think there's a balance in Scripture. Sometimes you need to be inspired to go charge the mountain, and sometimes instructed. Today might be a little less inspiration, but today I believe there's something in this text today to help us on our journey to be effective in following Jesus. Can someone say amen? The first let us is in chapter 4, verse 11. In verse 11, it says it like this. It says, so let us do our best to enter that rest. I like it because it rhymes. Do our best to enter that rest. Today, the first topic today, the first this is us, the first let us is rest. Look at your neighbor and say, I need a rest. How many need a rest today? You know what I'm talking about. Rest. In this passage, it says, let us enter into rest. Now, the author is talking about eternal rest. He's talking about heaven. I want to let you know today, no matter where you stand and where your faith is and your journey, we believe that there is a heaven, there is a hell, and there is a choice. We believe there's a God and there's a purpose for your life. And we believe that this is not our home. We are traveling through. This scripture is all about that there is eternity, that this life is a vapor. And the older I get, the quicker life goes by. Can someone say amen? Summers lasted for 16 years when you're in grade three, and now the weekend is gone before you know it, and life is like a vapor on a cold day when you breathe out, and all of a sudden it just goes very quickly. And I have a hope knowing that though this life is good and rewarding, that this is not all there is. And one day when I close my eyes and breathe my last breath, it'll be entering into another chapter, which is called eternity. And the scripture is talking about the rest in eternity, in heaven. There is no sickness there is no conflict. There is no trial. There is a rest in eternity. But it's also talking about a physical rest for our minds, for our bodies, and for our souls. And I believe today, as a church, I would encourage you, I believe as a culture, we struggle with rest. Is it me or does anyone feel like everything's getting faster? Except me on the skating rink. I'm getting slower, but... Is it me? Is everything getting faster? Like, it's just, it seems like you got to do more. You have to be more. You have to be more accessible, more connected. It seems like, I don't know, it just seems like there's always this pace. It's like the accelerator on life. Am I the only one that feels that? It's like there was a time, right, like, like you know, letters. I used to, letters, some of you don't know what these are. These are envelopes. You put a stamp on this, go up here on this corner, right? But remember when letters and remember faxes and then all of a sudden emails and Blackberries, come on. And now there are texts and Snapchat and Instagram and you got FaceTime and Skype. And it seems like everything is picking up all the time. Is it me? Does it seem like life? It's harder to catch your breath. I think a lot of people, as I talk, as I look at my own life, me and my wife have our own conversations. When I look at our church, I think a lot of people are just trying to catch their breath. Would you agree with that? It just seems like, man, just, whew, just living for the weekend. Man, just got to make it till Friday. Man, just got to make it till vacation. Just got to, man, just living to retire. Man, just got to take a breath. And people are just running everywhere. Everybody's going faster, moving faster, doing more, walking and texting. And I'm guilty of this. And just there's always something I got to do. I got to do. And rarely is there this rest. I think it's number, number one struggles we have in our culture right now is a failure to rest. I, I don't know. In a moment, I'm going to show this video, and a couple weeks ago, we had a film crew come out to our house. 
Monday mornings are a little crazy around our house. Anybody else feel that way? Like, I don't know what happens. It's like somehow we didn't have enough food for lunch. We didn't think about it. You know what I'm saying? So we had to make extra time to go to Tim Hortons because they make most of the breakfast for our family. Come on, bagels with cream cheese. Do not judge me. Come on, somebody. McMuffins. Am I the only one that feeds my kids McMuffins like six days a week? Am I? Am I you're judging me. His kids drive and, drink, and eat junk food. Yes, they do. Uh, but there's this, the morning, so we sent this film crew out to our house, and I don't know what kind of camera they use, it's very, very poor quality, but I think you'll catch the idea as they caught this vision of what a typical Monday morning looks like at our house. Can we roll this video of this film crew? Anybody remember this movie? Hey, remember that movie? All right, thanks, Jeremy. Remember the panic in that movie? They wake up, Kevin, the, the, the power went out. The, the, anybody remember that? How many remember that movie? Just that fan. And that panic, every time I'm in Chicago airport, I reenact that scene by myself. I just run through the airport. That was what it feels like. Every Monday morning, I'm pushing the kids out the door. Go, go. We get to school. I forgot a book bag. We forgot a trumpet. We forgot a kid. We forgot stuff. We're at school. We drive our kids to school. We, we, they're in a different school than our school district. And all of a sudden, in the rush of the morning, I swear, sometimes I'm like, am I wearing pants? All right, we're good. All right? You know, I drive through. I'm not going for coffee. I'm not walking in today. Not like this. All right? That feels like, every time I watch that movie, I'm like, that feels like Monday morning. And every Monday morning, pushing our kids out the door, go, go, go. The, bu the buzzer's going to ring. I feel like I'm in that movie. At some point, Kevin's going to be home alone. I would love to be the kid left home alone. But that feels like our life. Today, I want to help you. I feel like buzzwords in our community, buzzwords like fatigue. Don't you hear that word a lot? Stress. It's real. I, I saw a statistic last week that the brainwaves stress on young men, our teenagers, at 15, to go to school on an average day is the same height, same stress, as our young men were going into battle in Second World War. Isn't that interesting? That the stress that young men felt putting their lives on the line, storming a beach in Normandy, is the same level of stress on brainwaves that our teenagers have going to high school. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Words like stress, words like anxiety... Words like insomnia, just can't sleep, can't sleep, having trouble sleeping, I just don't know what it is. Words like burnout, man, I just, I just, I'm, just I'm done, I'm burnt out, man, I, just, I, I got no more to give. These are words that are just in our conversation all the time. It's in my mind all the time. It's in our conversations behind closed doors and in public. We hear this from teenagers, from younger than teenagers to adults, and it seems like everybody feels like they're just trying to catch their breath. What does the Bible say about rest in our culture? I think it's interesting that the first invitation we have here is for God to invite us. The author says, hey, I want to invite you. Let us enter into rest. I love this quote. Can we put this up? I want to read this from the screen. Bill Clinton, the 42nd president of the United States. Interesting. A man had all the influence. Talented man. We all remember him. Most of us in this room remember him for one incident and one scandal. But here's a man that had uh, influence, the most powerful man in the world at one time. Educated, intelligent. And this is this is quote. In my career, most of my mistakes I made when I was tired. Because I tried too hard and worked too hard. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't lack of education. It wasn't lack of connection. Here's a man that had everything, but he says, usually because I was tired is what sunk my career and, ch and, and, and tarnished my legacy. 
I don't think we need to be presidents. I think we can be husbands or wives or kids or business owners or pastors or whatever your circle of influence in. I think we can learn from history and learn from people and learn from the invitation together about rest. Only note say God values rest. We don't value rest, but God values rest. Isn't it interesting? The very foundation of creation, it says that God worked six days and then rested one. Isn't that interesting? God rested. Sometimes we see rest as a weakness. He just can't keep up. Now, I I do want to say this, that rest only makes sense after work. Sometimes we have generations that never worked, but they want to rest. It's the Kit Kat generation. You deserve a break today. No, you don't. You should do something first. But isn't it interesting? Someone laughed really hard in the back. (laughs) because. But I want to encourage you today that God himself, God who never sleeps and never slumbers, rest isn't sleeping Rest is not laziness. Rest is intentional stopping. God worked six days in creation. Read in Genesis. He created, and then because God was making a blueprint for us to follow, we are made in his image. This Bible is not a book of rules. It's a blueprint for your life. You want to help your marriage? Here's the answers. You want to help your parenting? Here's the answers. You want to help your purity in your mind? It's in here. And God intentionally set it up when he modeled it as our father, as parents. How many of your kids will do what you do, not what you say? Have you learned that yet? You can tell your kids to read the Bible, but if you don't, they won't. You can tell your kids to talk nicely to, your, to their mother, but if you don't talk nice to the, your wife, they won't. They reproduce what they see, not what they hear. And God wanted to do this visual of how important rest is for us in creation. He worked six days and then said, hey, I'm taking a day off on Sabbath. God values rest. God rests. I think it's interesting, secondly, that in the commandments, the Ten Commandments, God put in there, thou shalt keep the Sabbath holy. Isn't that interesting? In these ten things that were a framework to help control, to guide, to help keep healthy culture and society, right next to don't kill people, don't steal stuff, and don't cheat, he put in there, make sure you rest. Just think about that for a minute. Because we don't put a value on rest in our culture. God said, listen, I'm going to put ten things in there that I believe will keep, you know, the policing. It'll keep the health. It'll keep relationships good. You know, don't kill that guy. Don't kill. That is wrong. Murder is wrong. Cheating is wrong. Stealing is wrong. But also, if you don't rest, it's actually wrong. Think about that. A commandment to rest. Now, what does it mean to keep something like Sunday is not a rest, man. I'm on the load team. I'm on the coffee team. It doesn't mean stop. It means to set apart. The word Sabbath, to keep holy, means to set apart, which means it's special. It is dedicated just for God. I want to encourage you today. There is a rest in your life when you set it apart for God. We are made in his image, and rest is all about connection. All about connection. God values rest. Rest is divine. I believe rest is one of the most spiritual things you can do. We got people that are spiritual and like, man, I just pray enough and I read enough and I do my, I'm just, and they're running here and there. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I think we, 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 we're busy, but we're not productive. I believe rest is sometimes the most spiritual thing. What you're saying is my trust is in the Lord and I know my source. Can I encourage you to say, if you use words daily like, man, I'm just, I'm just wiped. I'm just burnt out. I'm just, I got anxiety, man. I'm just, I'm done. I, I, can I challenge you on this topic of rest and invite you to this journey when the author says, let us enter into rest. 
This is honestly a conversation me and my wife are having in the middle of life. Is there a way to spiritually rest and still keep up the demands of life? I think there is. Divine rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28. says, Jesus said, come to me, all you are heavy and carry, who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Anybody? That's me sometimes, right? I feel just weary, man. Weary. When you're weary, it's more than tired. Tired, a nap will fix. Come on, in a Red Bull. When you're weary, a rest won't fix it. A Red Bull won't fix it. Weary is something different. Come to me, all that are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Psalm 37, verse 7. It says this in the King James Version, going old school, King James. I just want to read the first part. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Doesn't it, say, it doesn't say rest from the Lord. It says rest in the Lord. There is something about this connection with God that brings us rest. Today I want to help you today in your rest. Are you burdened, overwhelmed, tired, trying to catch up all the time? Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 I want to read it again in the message version. We're going to bring this up, Jeremy, if you can. Are you tired? Yep. <laughs> Are you worn out? Man, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep going. I just feel like I'm being used. I feel like I'm just threadborn. I just feel like I just, man, I just don't know if I can keep up. Are you burned out on religion? We got a lot of people in our city burned out on religion. Stand up, sit down, go do this, give more, do more, be more. And just, I just, it's like a treadmill. I'm just, it's on, it's on 10. I just can't stop. Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. See, we mistake church and faith. It's not the same thing sometimes. I believe in assembling together, but if all your faith is this church, you will miss it because church can become a burden and heavy. Church is not our faith. It's an expression of our faith. It says, get away with me, not from me. I'm an alone person. Anybody else? I go to movies by myself. Don't judge me. I'm Mike, and I'm a movie-holic by myself. It says, get away, not from me, but with me. And you'll recover your life. Oh, that's so good. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Isn't that interesting? There is rest in the work. I got to pause there, and this wasn't in my notes. I've seen more people resting, and this is not a plug to help us load a truck, but I've seen more people rested in their working at Nova Church than I've seen in years. I, come, I have the people say, man, I was, just, I was wiped out this week, but I couldn't miss church. And they're helping set things up. I'm like, that does not make sense with my natural mind. But there's something about connecting with God that recharges you. A vacation by itself never will. It says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced, watch the language there, unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't that beautiful language? Unforced. It's a natural progression. It's this invitation to journey. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. My friends, I want to let you know today there's a rest available. What are the keys to rest? I want to give you a couple of keys from my life that I have done and I am working on, if I can be transparent. Because this is a moving target for me. Can I be real? I'm coming through a season where I'm like, I just need something. I just need something. And it feels like Tahiti to me, but it might be, it might be a stronger devotional life. It might be a devotional life in Tahiti, to be honest. I need to need, there needs to be the sun and the sun. Come on, somebody. There needs to be the Lord and some sand. I, that would help me. I feel God more with sand between my toes. Just me. Just me. But I'm working through this. But listen, here are a couple keys. To, here's a couple keys. Follow Jesus and he'll give you rest. Doesn't that sound really Christian? But it's really true. The Bible says all through Scripture, 
that come to me, walk with me, work with me, and I will give you rest. Rest is connection, not perfection. Sometimes we are waiting for the perfect. I, to be honest, it's sad. People living, they tolerate their whole life living for two weeks vacation. To me, that's my idea of torture. My idea of torture is hating your life 50 weeks of the year living for those two weeks. I think it's hell getting through five days of work and living for the weekend. I think torture for me would be to work my whole life living for retirement. We wait for this perfect moment. If I can just get, save up for the right vacation, if I can just get away. And I don't think it's perfection. I think it's connection. The Bible says that rest is found in following, connecting with the Lord. It's not about being per- perfect. Man, I just I read my Bible, three in the old, two in the new. I do 20 minutes of this. I, 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 I have the perfect vacation. I take this exact full day off, and I just shut myself. I'm a monk in a monastery away from everybody. Oh, I just shut the world out. I don't think it's about perfect moments. I think it's about connected moments. I've realized my anxiety goes down the more I connect with people and connect with the Lord. When I am not doing well, people are issues and people are problems to solve, not relationships to connect with. I get anxiety and weary when I see church as something to do, not a relationship to have. Rest comes from connection. Connection with God is how he designed us to recharge. I don't know, I'm not the only one. My wife is so bad at this. Her phone is always on 11% charge. Where are my 11% people? I get stressed when it drops below 62%. That's the number for me. Below 62, I'm already thinking about charge. I have a charger in my car. I have a charger in her car. I have a charger beside my bed. I have a nether case. I put my phone in with a backup secondary battery. I have batteries. And why? Because I've been places when it drops. And that's when I need that call. My wife lives on 11%. Doesn't care. Down to 2%, the red light's on, it's flashing. You know, we're waiting for a text from important people. I'm like, my God, woman, what's wrong? She's like, I don't even know where my phone is. You know, who, who lives there? You know what I'm talking about? What happens is sometimes when you're busy, it's like, man, and we plug our phone in enough to get a charge to get to the next event, the next meeting, the next drive, but not enough to actually fill it up. I feel like sometimes that's what we live in church. That's why people leave churches with the horrible argument, I didn't get fed today in church. Because they've mistaken this life, that church, and they come in, they're worn down from life and relationships and stress, and they come in just literally on 2%, and all of a sudden they're going, you know, they only sang three songs? I need at least seven. I need free-flowing worship. I need spontaneous. If someone doesn't just, just go off, go off the, the chord charts, and someone doesn't, then I'm not recharged. That message wasn't deep. Like, he made me cry. He was really funny. He wore plaid. But I don't feel recharged. There was no Greek or Hebrew mentioned. There was nothing. I, I, I never heard about statistics. I never, we didn't go through Jewish cultures. I don't know about you, but that wasn't enough to get me through the next week. It's not supposed to. But what happens is there's this connection that we're supposed to live in that I believe will give us rest. And sometimes the expectations on a church service or a vacation or on a weekend, and you wonder why you go back into Monday going, man, I just can't. I can't believe the weekend's over. And to be honest, there's anxiety going, I'm not ready. And it didn't live up to the expectation. That vacation, it rained the whole time. It wasn't enough. Listen, I've learned that if you put all your eggs in one basket of a vacation, it'll never match up. A movie is never good enough. A Saturday is never long enough. The lunch break is never good enough. And we live like an iPhone in our lives trying to get enough connection to get to the next meeting just to get home. We get home going, if I can just Netflix tonight, if I can just go play hockey and get enough of recharge before I go back into that office and that that tough circle that I'm in and that life that I'm living, I believe there's a way, and I'm on a journey, 
To live in a place of rest, and rest is a connection, not perfection. Following where he leads, Jesus leads, he doesn't push. All through scripture, I don't have time to go into it, but whenever Jesus invites us, he always invites us, he never pushes us. There's a story about this man who was demonically possessed. He was actually full of demons, and he was cutting himself and hurting himself. And when Jesus freed him from those demons, they went into these swine, these pigs, and drove them over a hill. But Jesus, when he invites us to journey, it's always calling us. The Bible says the Spirit led Jesus. When you lead, you can't push and lead at the same time. Here's what leading looks like. You want to come with me? Come on. You want to go for lunch? You want to go down this hill at Martok? You want to go over to this restaurant? You want to go at this door? And then at some point, the leader has to turn around and walk, and then you see if you're a leader or not. Some people think they're leaders, but no one's following them. A leader is when you turn around and people follow. Jesus, to the rich young ruler in Scripture, said, hey, here's what you got to do, and I want you to come with me. And then he turned and they said the man did not follow. That's leadership. God leads us. He doesn't push us. Sometimes in my life, I have been driven by other things other than the Spirit of God. I've been driven by insecurity. I've been driven by competition. I've been driven by fear. And here's what it feels like. It feels like I'm being pushed from behind going, i got to do more. i got to do a better sermon. i got to do something else. i got to go meet that person. I've got to be a better dad. I've got to be, a, and I feel exhausted. You ever have someone push you? Come on, like my kids on Monday morning, come on, get in the car, grab your book bag. You got to get, and my kids get in the car exhausted and frayed before they ever walk into school because dad was pushing them to be on time. That's not the way God works. God invites us going, hey, hey, come with me. Okay, come on, let's go over here. You know what's interesting? Both accomplish things, both have movement, and both have action, but they feel completely different. The motive and the product are different than when you're being pushed and when you're being led. And I see a culture, even in my own life sometimes, being pushed. And I'm getting stuff done. People go, man, you're busy. Man, you're busy. And we're getting stuff done, but it doesn't feel life-giving. It feels life-draining. Anybody can relate to me today? God always invites us. He leads us besides still water. Sometimes he'll lead you into a desert. It's not always an easy place, but when God leads you, he will recharge you. Jesus recharged in a desert before he launched into service. He might lead you beside a river to recharge or a desert to get some stuff out of you, but when he leads you, you know he wasn't pushing you. And sometimes, I'll be honest, we've had many conversations. In churches, it can come across pushy. you got to do more, be more. I want to let you know that the problem with pushing is you never know if they want to be there when you get them there. We got a lot of people in the room, but do they want to be here or are they pushed in? It's a running joke, but it's honest. We never ask anybody to come to this church. It's not a perfect church. It's far from it. But everybody on our team, no one ever walks up and goes, man, they suckered me into this. They pushed me into this. How many coffees did he buy? How many texts? Hey, man, you coming? It's not that kind of church. Why? Because I've learned that passion comes from leading. Duty comes from pushing. God leads us. He's inviting us to lead us today. I encourage you, there's a rest in being led by God's spirit. Being led. Are you being pushed by your fear, your insecurities, your greed? Or being led by God's spirit to partner? A couple years ago, I was sitting with friends. He's a pastor in Seattle. We were in, uh, sitting with them, and they were talking about this, and we've adopted it. And we try not to say the word busy anymore in our family. People all the time, and people, I get it, people come up to us because they're trying to connect, and they go, I know you're busy, but do you have time for a coffee? And we, what happens is we start saying, man, i got a busy week. i got this meeting. i got to go to this. i got to fly here. we got to do this. i got to get my sermon done. i got to meet with this person. And what I've realized is when I start saying the word busy, a weight started coming over me. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. 
Just so busy, man. Just so busy, man. Got to go. Got to drive faster. Got to leave now. Come on, kids. Get in the car. We got to go. I got a big day and busy. We started learning to say the word full instead of busy. Now, you might say, man, that's just somatic. That's just word. Like, come on. I've learned there's a difference in the motive in that. When you're busy, you just feel what you tell someone, how was your weekend? Busy. They don't want to know what you did. How's life? No, just, and you can't say busy without leaning on something. Have you realized that yet? How are you? Oh, man, just so busy. Oh, dude, I was going to ask you if you wanted to play hockey or help me move, uh, but you're, you're busy. I, I know you don't have time for me because, and there's this weight that comes on. I'm just so busy. Man, my kids, I know, they're just, they're toddlers, they're just they're so busy. My, my kids are teenagers, we're driving everywhere, man. I got to go to soccer and gymnastics, it's so busy. Man, the church, it's a lot of work, it's so busy. And what happens is, this weight comes on me, and I'm the 11%, 2%, looking for a charge. And instead of looking to God's presence, I start looking to movies, entertainment, or unhealthy areas for somewhere to spark the battery of my life. When I say full, you say to someone, how was your weekend? Oh, man, it was full. They're like, what'd you do? Because they see it differently. When you say you had a full weekend, when you're at the end of your life, do you want to say he had a full life or he had a busy life? It feels different, doesn't it? How was your week, man? It was full. Really? What did you do? (laughs) Drove my kids to gymnastics and soccer and mowed the lawn and prepared. But all of a sudden, full has a life to it. Can I encourage you? We've realized we don't want our life to be driven. We want our life to be led. So we've even started changing our language. We're not busy. We're full. Sometimes life is very (laughs) full. Sometimes life is very Full, but there's a change. Why? Because we believe there's a rest in the process. So how do we do this? For me, I got to fight for connection. I'm going to give you three points real quick to help you fight for connection. Number one, I heard this years ago, and I, and I, I do some of these very well, and some I'm working on, is I divert daily. I walk away weekly, and I abandon annually. This is just real today, if I could help you. I divert daily. That means I take time every day. You can call it a devotion. You can call it a lunch break. But I take somewhere to connect with God. It could be driving in my car. Somewhere I I need to divert from what I'm doing, my pace and my race and what I'm doing, and take a moment. It can be 20 minutes, but sometimes it's only five minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. This week I had a whole day where I just, hey, I just need to divert from my schedule and my pace and connect going, hey, are we good? Is this where you want me? Divert daily. Secondly, walk away weekly. Put that point, walk away weekly. That means you take a day. For us, it's usually Monday. It's a running joke in our team. We call it No Nova Mondays. We don't want to talk about Nova. I don't want to think about Nova. Don't text me about Nova. Some of you are like, I've talked to him about Nova on Mondays, and I don't answer back. Why? I need a day. I need a day to just stop and be. Stop doing. I'm a human being, not a human doing. And sometimes I've realized I need to stop and just walk away from my schedule, walk away from responsibilities and connect with my family, connect with my God, connect with what, and then abandon annually. Can I encourage you? Vacation is a good thing. So like, I can't afford to go to Florida or Tahiti or to Lank Playland in Sackville. I don't know, but can I encourage you? There's something about detaching. Some people are like, man, I just got to build this business. I just got to build this church. This church is not built on the personality of one or two. It's built on the presence of God. We are planning our vacation already. <laughs> my wife's excited. We're planning to take a week off. Why? Because I've realized that I'm in this for the long haul. And if I don't learn how to abandon, I will get burned out. And I'll either be the guy that burned out from work or I'll be the guy that flunked out like a Bill Clinton. Because they made the most mistakes when you're tired. Can I encourage you? So where do you need to divert today? Take a moment. Just connect. 
That's why we believe in worship is not for Sunday morning. It's a lifestyle. That's why we believe in reading the word because all of a sudden I divert from culture and news and, and satellite radio of Fox or CNN or whatever you want and go, okay, 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 let me just divert here. This is what God says and I reconnect and recharge. Specific times, looking to connect for moments. Maybe it's a few moments a day. Maybe it's a day a week. Maybe it's a, a, a few days in a year. Second point is this plan where you're going to fail. Isn't that encouraging? Plan where you're going to fail. I sat with this pastor years ago, and she's in her 60s, and she's a legend of influence and, and genius and, and longevity of influence and health. And me and some pastors, young pastors, were sitting with her. There was a youth pastor at the time. She sat down and said, young men, young women, plan where you're going to fail. And I was like, I don't think that's encouraging because we're taught not to fail. You're going to win. You're gonna, she says, no, you're going to fail in life. But if you don't choose where you're going to fail, life will choose for you. I got news for you. I don't care how sharp you are, how much of an entrepreneur you are, how smart you are, how spiritual you are. You will, cannot do everything. So in my life, I have cho chosen where I will not fail. Because if I don't choose where I'm going to fail, life will choose for me. And usually it's your spiritual walk and your family. So I've chosen to fail some things. I will fail some friendships. I will fail, to be honest, some church things. I will fail things, that I will fail certain community groups. I will not fail my God in my relationship, and I will not fail my family. I've chosen that. That's why somebody's like, man, it's hard to get together with you. Yeah, I'm a dad. I take dad, being a dad very serious. It recharges me. It's my calling. I take my calling very serious. Some of you need to understand, you need to plan where you're going to fail because you're trying to do everything, but you're failing somewhere. Men, if you want to know where you're failing, you don't know where, just ask your wife. They'll tell you. It's the truth, isn't it? Or ask your kids. Ask your kids. Hey, how am I doing as a dad? They'll tell you. My son will tell me. And I've learned in life we have people that have sacrificed their connection with God and their family and what God's called them to on the altar of I'm busy and I'm trying to make it happen. I want to encourage you today. There is a rest in connection. Here's a challenge today. Here's your homework assignment. What's one thing you need to start to help you rest? What's one thing you need to start? Maybe it's divert. Maybe it's a walk away weekly. Maybe it's an abandon. What's one thing you need to start? Some of you are like, I need to take my lunch hour. Maybe I need to put in worship music as I'm at the gym. Maybe I need to go find a quiet place. Maybe I got to sit in my car and just catch my breath and say, God, how are we? Maybe you need to, what do you need to start this week? I'm in the process of all the time starting things. Me and my wife sit down and go, I need to start going to bed earlier. I need to start shutting my phone off. Romance from my wife, her love language is when I shut this off. Some things I need to start, some habits. Sometimes it's practical, but it's not to any other reason than connection. How are we? Sometimes I just need to shut the radio off and shut off the news, shut off the music, shut off the worship music and just silent myself and go, how are we good? And all of a sudden I feel him lead me. People have been saying, what's next to this church? What's next? What's next? What's next? Don't know yet. Should I confess that out loud? I just did. Why? I'm, God, lead me. Lead me. What about small groups? They're coming, but I don't know when yet. Heart and soul. God said, let's take a night and let's worship and pray and do so. Okay, we'll do that. Can I encourage you? What do you need to start? Second thing, what do you need to stop? Because you walked in here and you identify with the burden and the weariness. Man, I just can't catch my breath and anxiety and stress. And what do you need to start and what do you need to stop? Can I be honest? 
Some of you need to stop playing sports every night of the week. Some of you need to get rid of maybe some entertainment in your life. Some of you need to start playing hockey. Some of you need to stop playing hockey. This isn't about rules. It's about going, okay, where's my connection? Some of you connect more in sporting. We played football the other night. I felt God playing football. I felt this community and this connection that fueled me. And there are other things I've had to stop because it was distracting me. What do you need to stop this week? Some of you are too busy even with church. I always ask people, how are you doing? Maybe you need to stop. Maybe you need to pull out of this. I was talking to one couple last week. Maybe you need to take a week off. That's not smart if you look at it from a driven point of view, but it's brilliant if you understand that God wants us to connect. But a vacation won't fix it. Connection does. We are made to recharge through connection. What do you need to start this week, and what do you need to stop? This morning, I believe that we'll be a church that is effective, that we work hard, that we see a nation and a city influence with other churches to reach a city for God but we will not be burned out. We will not be exhausted. There's no point getting to the finish line going, yeah, follow me. It's a great relationship. All right, I'm done. I'm not here to burn out. We're here to last. We're playing the long game. You don't have kids just to make it till they're one going, okay, I'm done. I'm retiring from parenting. Kids won. No, no, we're in this for the long haul. My parents have realized parenting still happens even when your kids are in your 40s. I've realized I'm in this for the long game and so are you. God wants longevity and legacy on your life. If you could just close your eyes for a moment, I'm going to make two calls today. The first one is this. With every head bowed, you can be 12 or you can be a senior today. If you say, Mike, I need some rest. I love God. I follow God. But I feel like the words you're saying, that panic, that pushing, that, that anxiety, that wore out. That I, If I'm honest, I'm probably more weary than I am rested. If that's you, can you slide your hand up and put it right back down over this place so I know today? Yeah, all over this place. You put it right back down. If I can be honest, my hand's up there a little bit right now. I want to pray for you. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. That when we connect with him, when you divert daily, get into the word, not because you have to, because you're looking for a connection. Understanding God made you, that connection is what recharges you. Some of you, Netflix doesn't recharge you. Golfing will not recharge you connection recharges you. Go do all those things, but understand if you want to recharge, you've got to connect. Divert daily. Walk away weekly. Abandon annually. We got 10, at least 10 of our dream team right now away on vacation, and we celebrate it. Why? Because we believe. It's not about what they do. It's who they are. Father, I pray for those who lifted their hand, and maybe even, to be honest, some are too tired to raise their hand. We smile, but we limp in here. Father, I pray today we'd know divine rest. Father, I pray right now that we'd find a way to connect. Second call today is this. You say, Mike, I don't know God. I need to know God. I I don't even know what this means, but I don't know Jesus Christ. I don't have a relationship. Today, the Bible says you can start a relationship, and you wonder why your life maybe feels weary and worn out. It's found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. True life, eternal life, everlasting life, abundant life is found. Real living is found in following Jesus Christ. If you want me to pray for you today that you can start that relationship, you're not joining a church, You simply say, put your hand up on the count of three. I'm going to pray for you, and we'll believe a miracle will happen, and we can help you start this journey of following Jesus Christ. If that's you, on the count of three, one, two, three. Just raise your hand real high over this place and put it right back down. Put it right back down. You want to start a relationship with Jesus Christ? Put it right back down. Awesome. Let's pray today. Let's pray today. Can we stand to our feet? We're going to close with this prayer. As time's gotten away today, and the coffee is waiting, community is waiting, connection is waiting. 
We want you to be recharged because God has work for you to make a difference, but he has rest for you in his connection. Father, I thank you for the people under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray today for rest. I pray for joy. I pray for peace. Father, I pray for the best sleeps they've had in years. I pray that their anxiety would be gone. Depression would be gone. I pray confusion would be gone. I pray that drivenness would subside. And God, we'd feel you leading us to tough places and beautiful places. But you would lead us, not be pushed by our fear, our insecurity, or our greed. God, I pray for those that want to start a relationship with you. Father, I pray right now you would rush in. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for being on our own, being in control of our life, but literally doing it our way. And today we say, God, lead us, tug on us, draw us into a relationship with you. Father, forgive us for our sins. Come into our life. Father, I thank you for this church. May we be spirit-led. May we be rested and connected. And may we leave here recharged, taking on our day, taking on our week as we reach a city. In the name of Jesus Christ. And someone said, and everybody said, amen. We love you. God bless you. See you next Sunday.